Hi, K-Watchers. It's Leanne. Hi, everyone. It's Juliette. Welcome to the K-Watch Party. Today, we are on our last two episodes of The Devil's Plan. What a great show this has been. I'm so glad we picked it up. It was not on anyone's recommendation, but we had a feeling it could be good. We are going to be recapping the last two episodes, episodes 11 and 12. We also have a special guest with us today. Uh, Throw it back to Love After Divorce. We've got Jimmy on with us. We're just doing some speed round questions with him. He's such a nice guy. We just recorded with him. He is just a pleasant person. Yeah. You guys would love him if you met him on the street. We almost like we stopped recording and then we just kept chatting with him. He's a great guy. Hejean is a lucky woman. He's also a lucky man for Hejean. So... Let's get into it. One of the things that came up in the Jimmy conversation we just had was he was saying that they, while they were in Cancun, they, nor the producers knew that they would be on Netflix, that they didn't get their rights bought from, by Netflix until they were into their cohabitation, which is so interesting. is wild. Could you imagine, you're thinking, oh, hardly anyone's going to watch this. Or only people in Korea. Yeah. Yeah. Not my coworkers. (laughs) And if then my coworkers, I know, watched I me would, on a dating. Show. I would actually be like, I'm pulling out. I <laughs> erase me from. No, the- I would quit my job. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm already contracted to be on TV. Yeah. I would quit my job and just because bear. you think that you're gonna have a huge career, or because you'd be so embarrassed. No, how can I face those yeah, people? That's what I mean. That's what I. That's what I'm thinking. Crying on TV. Yeah, yeah, but also for many of these people, their lives have basically been changed. Changed. 180 degrees they did not anticipate this fame and in fact some of the people on the devil's plan i heard um like ortho has have been getting a lot of hate on social media oh. which is really <laughs> are we feeling that because we are part of that we might we've or been hiding. fanning fanning those flames yeah um but also unfortunately didn't because need us that was happening that regardless was, yeah she, she also had her violet cortez or whatever right her, yeah you better her erase your was. i know you gotta write sketchy erase your, internet past if you're gonna go on a netflix show um but it is quite interesting to see the international interest in korean entertainment and this is a long way of saying this, but I was um, visiting a friend this weekend who is a BTS army. Army, that's right. I, I, the the vernacular here is so specific that I'm always afraid of saying the wrong thing. We said hybe last time. I got a lot of shit for that. Hybe, sorry, army. But our friend, our mutual friend, she is uh, obsessed with BTS, and so when I was visiting her, she made me watch many many hours of. BTS content and I will say this is the trap about her too it doesn't matter who you are you could be man woman you could never have even heard about BTS if you go to her house and it's later at night she will turn that on I had a delayed flight I got there at 11 30 (laughs) or something it was already PM Uh it was already playing on the screen and then literally just sit down watch this right now and she she was on a mission you know she's like i'm bringing you into this i'm recruiting you into the army some people turn on like the fire you know a fake fireplace crackling right to like set an ambiance no she set the ambience for you when you landed at midnight to this is a bts yep we love you kk but the the interesting thing that I saw in that is that there was somebody who was doing a deep dive, 45 minutes worth of history of BTS and why they have become so popular. Like more than, there have been there have been many years of Korean 
boy pop bands, girl, girl pop, pop bands, bands. And they just yeah. haven't quite risen to the same fandom as BTS has. Um, and one of the things that they started out with is the Korean government has invested so much money into Korean entertainment to bring it international. Right. They had goals, right, of what percentage of their GDP was going to be coming from cultural exports, yeah. basically. So it's not that Koreans are any more, you know, beautiful or any more, like, talented. But when you have the investment, like, these kids starting, like, 10, 12 years old, um, they are designated to become pop stars. And so they will train from that moment on, basically dropping out of school. But I still think there is something about the product itself. The boy bands, particularly, I'm always shocked by how popular they are because they are not fitting within the construct of like masculinity. And and that was another... sense, right? Yeah, that was another point that was brought up in this video is that these men they don't present themselves as the stereotypical masculine male they will put on lipstick they clearly have makeup on they wear earrings they're they are like bts yeah they've got that dangly (laughs) early 90s earrings there is a sense for young women that don't feel threatened by that and i was like that is an interesting point because 15 20 years ago during our time that would have seen as very like emasculating the other other thing about them is that their music, they write a lot of their own music mm. and they target subjects that are really taboo in Korea. Like whether oh. it's criticism of the government. Oh. I think that also sets them apart because they're willing to dive into topics that um, a lot of pop stars don't. Jungkook just came out with an Golden, album. But yes. his one song that was his first radio hit off of that album the seven days oh, a week mg because i only listened to the clean version and then the i heard the explicit version i was like okay i almost fainted <laughs> a korean pop star talking about you know um can't even say it it makes me blush I know. but yeah i was very shocked whatever the formula is they've got it right because the devil's plan has sucked us in so devil's plan let's get into it we are on our last two episodes. We start episode 11 at the high-low poker table. We have Idol, Actor, Orbit, American Ortho, American Lawyer, and Chubby Sweater remaining. That is six people left. The biggest offense here is that American Ortho and Idol have more chips than Orbit. Does Ortho even win one hand? I don't think so. She's playing, though, like... She's a winner yeah. and some kind of card shark. By the way, you can say card shark or card sharp. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't like even really know that phrase. Yeah. Twice she bluffs, hoping the ones with their last chips won't go all in. But everyone calls her bluffs mm-hmm. because duh. Mm-hmm. They know she doesn't have it. So everybody that she calls their <laughs> to go in and all in, go all in, and they all put in their last chips. She wins neither hand. Yeah. It's amazing to watch because she's just slowly losing all the chips that she never earned in the first place. However, unfortunately, because of that move, she does push Idol to go all in. He loses by a hair. But actually, he could have won, which you know. I think was really painful. And but actor I, saw it immediately. Though. Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah. we, we're going to have a whole segment about actor, but he is just so attractive. So, so smart. And so hot. Oh, my God. More. There was a little bit more of him uh, shirtless again. I know. Come I, to mama. I will. <laughs> I'll have to um, retract my statement from earlier episode where I said that he was really boring. When oh I watched God. him on I Live Alone. It, the brain, his brain that really is so sexy. Idol messes up his formula 
Honestly, that an idol can even do basic arithmetic. I mean, that's impressive. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He probably was pulled out of school when he was 10 years old. <laughs> yeah. He he only thinks in units because that, that boy has had way too much filler in his face. <laughs> I love that. How many syringes would this fill up uh, if I subtracted that syringe from four syringes there? Yeah, exactly. The biggest drama of this episode is Orbit, right? He starts out with the fewest chips, but he is clawing himself from the brink. He's on his last chip. He wins that hand. I mean, you can see it coming, yeah. right? You, it's like the producers can't even write how good this is. He is just chip after chip coming back. I, I will say, for me, I gained a lot of respect for Orbit mm-hmm. because, and and I do think that Orbit and the actor Hasojin, they really showed their math skills as well as mm-hmm. the lawyer. And then yes. I was like, well, they're the three math whizzes. Despite all of the hate that we've given Orbit, I will give him credit for being a very smart person. Yeah, he starts winning and finally like wakes up. He was very kind of dejected. He was waiting yes. for him himself to just get kicked off, and then finally wakes up. And now he looks over at actor. I'm going to start getting those chips. And so actor, who is basically like sitting like a sultan, he's like Scrooge McDuck. Like he could dive into a a vault of just (laughs) chips and like, you know, spit them out like a a fountain. That's how many chips this this guy has. It's interesting because the easiest way for him to just get a few chips would have been to just boot out Chubby Sweater. But he, he doesn't do it. Also, I, I was watching a part of this with my husband and he plays poker and he was like, if they were really playing like they were playing poker, they would push their chips. Yeah. There would be more chip play. Yeah. yeah. But he's like, they're playing it so safe. So conservatively. Yeah. Well, it's because the allies of Orbit don't right, want because- him, they don't want to push him to go all in. Yeah. Because he might not have it and then he's gone. So they're being very nice to him. He's also being very nice to them. Right. In fact, Ortho is the only one yeah. who kind of has that killer style, even though she's dumb. Like she doesn't have the numbers. She's the one who actually forces the hand of yep. getting people to go all in. That's why the game takes... Went for seven hours? Yeah, that's why it takes so long because those allies yeah. just kind of can't right. boot each other out. Right. One thing about Ortho and Chubby Sweater... Did you think that there was some kind of chemistry between them? She was leaving. He was he was heartbroken. Yeah. Huh. Well, I saw on, on the YouTube channel that I watched that they had a little chemistry. I don't think there was anything mm. really that happened. Chubby Sweater has to leave. It ends the game. But Chubby Sweater in his exit interview still got that Chubby Sweater confidence. He is like, uh, you know, you know, I mean, look, like, I knew I couldn't make it to the end. But hey, fourth? <laughs> I'll take that. Look at me. You know, you got to be a little Delulu yeah, to survive in this world. Also, his sweater game was quite good. That oh, last nice sweater, one. he looked like a little ch- chubby teddy bear. I wanted to hug him. I know. They go to the prize match. It's an elimination round. So now we've got actor, American lawyer, and Orbit. Prize match has a special guest. Who did you think it was going to be? I thought it was going to be the go player. Right? I thought it might be actress because they mm. kind of scooted her out in such a Right, without a, with a chance to say goodbye. Unique way. Yeah. They brought in this child, like a chess player. She's in sixth grade. Yeah. <laughs> what? I was like, is this forced child, child labor? labor? <laughs> and she girl. looked so sad. I know. She, she could, did not crack a smile. She had no expression. Is she, she a being... producer's niece or something? Where I did know. they find this girl? <laughs> well, she knocks him out because Orbit makes a huge mistake. Irony of ironies. Do you think it was a mistake? Exactly. He 
has tried so hard to protect this American lawyer. And in the end, his mistake kicks her off. Because if he did not make that mistake, if he had allowed her to win, then he would have been kicked off. Is that right? No, they couldn't let chess player player win. win. And then at the end, however many rounds you personally win yourself gets tallied up. And that determines which two get to stay. Right? So she had an equal chance. I see. If she could have won more rounds, the numbers came out in Orbit's favor. So at the end of the day, after everything, Orbit ends up on top. As our friend Kirby calls him, the People's Republic of Orbit stands alone. (gasps) What do you think this says about his worldview? Ultimately, he kept saying the money. He said that so many times that it was like he was quite driven to get Mm -hmm. to the top. Um, I I mean, at at the core of us, we are all, we all have, we all have our own desires. Mm -hmm. We're quite... You know, we got to satisfy that greed. And so... But his I, greed is interesting because everybody is very transparent about their greed to win, right? It's the right. glory or the self-satisfaction or the money. But his greed was actually almost like the admiration of the peers that he's helping that he's helped them. along. Right. Do you think he would have been happy if Lawyer had been the one that made it to the finale? And he but didn't? no, I don't think so. I don't so. think so. Yeah. I think he... He, they, they, it also made it seem like he made all of these mistakes throughout the mm-hmm. games as a way to propel himself, even though it was very much like, oh, we're here for the mutual benefit of our alliance. But, oh, whoops, I made a mistake and I'm the one that won. Right, because in this way where he's like, quote unquote, making mistakes, he didn't actually have to backstab anyone. Right. Which goes against his principles. I don't think he did this consciously in the prize match. I think it was subconscious. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's, it's two sides of the coin because on one hand, I think he's very smart. And he is, even with that game, that match game, he was really the only one that got it immediately. He gets games very quickly. Mm -hmm. He's quite smart. He thinks through all of the potential outcomes. Um, But I also noticed when he was playing poker, he's not a great bluffer. Like when he was bluff when he was talking a lot that's when you knew he had good cards like oh, interesting. he's and and i think when you watch even the finale match you're like he slips up quite a bit mm-hmm. yeah I, I think you're right it probably was subconscious a part of him really wanted it yes and then he maybe was like so caught up in yeah. that that he kind of made a mistake and the the best part was when they showed both the lawyer and the actor's faces and their reactions yeah and she she said something like who would do something some yeah pabo and then he actor says pyong which is the start of pyongshin which is just like you fucking idiot (laughs) but then he went pyong and i on the youtube clip i watched he 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 definitely corrected himself i was trying to say something Ah. else you know so we get to the finale it's orbit and actor they get all suited up they're ready to go the next day and the door opens and in comes that was oh Guillaume comes in all the old cast members we haven't seen but by the way it's only been like four days I know <laughs> they were probably all hiding back there just yeah because you know it's it's like in the amazing race the contestants can't go home because then oh, we'll give really? away that they don't yeah. win so you have to basically book out the entire time that that whole race takes place you can't go home. Wow. So I wonder if that's, I mean, for these guys, it's only seven days. Yeah. Uh, but they probably were just hanging out in the hotel nearby because they couldn't go home. They all come in. It's so sweet to see everybody. So, I actually got kind of emotional seeing the young poker player. I know. When the actor 
sees the actress no, the, uh, when they uh, see each uh, other uh, there's there's got to be something going I on teared no up. that was either their acting skills are really amazing or they're just the chemistry is so good he locks eyes on her like she is the love of his youth yes. and they broke up yes. and now they see each other again yes. unexpectedly and all the feelings he had for oh, her that, when they were yeah, young come so rushing right. back yes. and now he realizes how much he still loves her like that was it or like they met on vacation and they went their separate ways without exchanging phone numbers and then they <laughs> were like got, you've got the whole fan let's fiction let's meet together yeah I'm doing fanfic let's meet at the top of the Empire State Building and then he's waiting and it's cold and it's windy and he doesn't think she's gonna show and then the elevator door is open and she's there oh and- my god Wow. I've wow. fanfic you this. Really. <laughs> Put that on Reddit. Someone's thirsting over here. Seriously. They just fall into each other. Oh. And, and with the music. But now, you know, we've talked to Jimmy and to Sora. There probably was a little bit of playing. They played this up. I also watched Hasakjin did his own, like, interview where he would get questions from people on YouTube. And he, somebody asked him that. They were like, what was going on between you? And he's like, I don't, they must have edited something like, no, there was nothing. And he's like, I hang out with her husband a lot. Oh, that's sweet. Orbit brought his suit and Ah, chubby sweater was like, oh, so you packed this, huh? (laughs) So you knew, you said you were here to help all of us, (laughs) but you just wanted to get to the top, didn't you? And, and he admitted it. Orbit said, I was here to unite the weak, which I think people were pissed off about. Like, who, how dare you call me weak? And then he said, but I played for my own self-interest. So he had his... He had his own awakening. As he should. And by the way, they were weak. Everyone looks really good. I know. Oh my God, they look fabulous. Except American Lawyer. That get up. What, her stylist needs, she needs a new stylist. She has been failed by her stylist. Unless, unless that she was trying to project like, I'm I'm masculine. It was not great. It was like an oversized short blazer situation. And and the tie looked like a clown's. Yeah. And it was like, you know, it's cuter when it's like a little bit more like put together. Yes. I'm sure it's a designer tie. You know, the most garish ties are the most designer, but still no no excuse. not Mm -mm. do her any favors. They are all kind of hanging out. I don't know if you noticed this, but before they have to go into the final games, at the end of the sofa, you know, it's definitely like Orbit and his alliance and sitting on one side, but actor has Dong Jae and actress with him and they're still like playing a game. They are just relentless till the end. I think also the three of them love, and I would say Kiyom too, because did you see he was trying to put the pieces together, trying to figure it out? I think they just were there for the love of playing games mm-hmm. and like, you know, exercising their brain. Yeah. Whereas I think a, a few of the others, and, and Orbit did admit this, is he was very driven by the prize money. Which, by the way, uh, season two just got announced. Of so what? they uh, of, of Devil's Plan? Devil's Plan. Oh. And Hazakjin in his YouTube channel said, I hope that Guillaume goes back on. Oh, yeah. Because he, he you know, he, it was such an unjust way to yeah. leave. They go into the arena for their final games. Before the game, Orbit goes to the bathroom and he pukes. He's so nervous. He's so nervous. He's also, I feel like, just very emotionally cut up. You know, I think his worldview has shattered. Yeah. Right? Like, everything he kind of stood for, he's now realizing there was always going to be me. Right. There was always going to be one. Right. This reminds me of the time when... I was starting a new junior high, which would have been my second junior high at that oh, point. It was so and then I threw up before I went to school. And, you know, now when my son, he has like 
hard days or he's like nervous about something, I always tell him that story and he's like, what? That's <laughs> disgusting. Why Mom, what's wrong yeah. with you? Why are you but telling that, me that, that like feeling, I know that feeling in, in, in Orbit's tummy where you're like, oh, I just don't feel like I got to get it out. And no. Were they mean to you at the school? Uh, You know, it's junior high, so. Yeah. Ugh. Just, nobody was really actively mean, but nobody was nice no, to Nobody's me, out so. of their way nice yeah, in that, that was school. That was hard. They go head to head. They have to play a few rounds. It looks like Orbit's going to take it from the actor. But then actor says in his interview, he says, I kind of in the second game just like figure it clicked for him. He's so cool and collected. He goes in the third round and has figured out a way to basically trap Orbit to the Mm -hmm. point where Orbit never even steals any of actor's pieces. It's a complete annihilation. Side note, I actually didn't even watch it because I was like, that's for Batman, what's the result? <laughs> so you just keep talking about Wait, it. Wait, uh-huh. so you, you watched Orbit. I was Orbit. watching it on one and a half speed and then I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, so happening. you watched Orbit beat him. I watched the up to that and then okay. I was kind of like, okay, how many rounds are they doing? And I just fast forward. So you didn't watch. Okay, so I let me tell you tell me. and the rest of the world, actor annihilated him. Really cool to oh, watch. Oh man, I got to go back and watch that. <laughs> Jesus. This is the quality of recapping know, right? we're having today. I mean, we didn't have a lot of time, so I was like, gotta get through this. <laughs> oh my God. They move on to the second round. It's a hexagon memorization game. It's insane. That I did watch. I would have pissed my pants just because I would have been like, there's nothing I can't I can uh, Yeah, I would have like panicked and be like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know any of the numbers. Yeah. I would just given up then. You know also what's fascinating is up to this point, it has really been a game of alliances about social politics, and then this was purely about your brain. skill. Yeah. Yeah, about your brain. So this was a real test of both of them and i think they did go orbit did lose a few rounds right mm-hmm, and he mm-hmm. was trailing mm-hmm. and then he caught up and mm-hmm. i was quite impressed by both but of them. it's interesting because it is about intelligence and like memorization and ability to do that but also your strategy exactly how you're memorizing actor was like yep. you know i'm gonna do the cross diagonals and then maybe like the vertical perpendiculars mm-hmm. It felt like Orbit might have been trying to memorize. He was doing the, the whole, whole thing, thing right. right? There's something to Orbit. He's a very in his quest to be like morally superior or something. He wants to play everything the right way uh, or want to be the most complete version of it. Right. And actor is like, no, I'm gonna find the hacks. Yes, I think it shows in like actor putting the pieces together, finding the code, yep. getting to prison. Right, like, that is a hack. That's how totally. he ended up winning this because totally. he had so many chip, uh, so many pieces from going to prison. Orbit played the game just what was in front By of him. By the rules. Yeah. Like, this is, yeah. I'm I'll show up when you tell exactly me to show up. Yeah. Yep. And he didn't hack it in any way. And I feel like that's the same way he played that hexagon that is, game. That's a really good point. And if you think about the games that were out, laid out in, in mm-hmm. the living room, the actor actively tried to get them yeah. and play them, whereas Orbit never even glanced at them. Even though they were, like, branded with the devil's plan, you would think that that would be a signal, but he is very much um, by the book, yeah. His moral superiority hurt him in the end. I also think that they were driven by different things. Mm-hmm. You know, actor, he has a lot of the luxury to play and to not worry that there's a $200,000 prize at the end right. of it. And he's like, less sweaty. He was less yeah, sweaty. He really end, was. Right? Yeah. And he's like, hey, if I lose, I lose. You know, this was a great, great for my career. Whereas Orbit, whether I think some part, maybe more moral superiority, he was there like, I'm here to help everybody get to the top. But then also he was probably driven a little bit by the prize. Mm-hmm. And so the, then the stakes feel so much higher higher yeah. and then you're you're not even thinking completely you're just thinking oh my god I gotta win I gotta win right. and that doesn't always work in your favor yeah 
So actor wins it all. It was it was kind of anticlimactic. It was a little anticlimactic, I guess, because I think we all wanted to see the third round. Yeah, we right. wanted to see it keep going, but that's okay. I think the one who should have won won in the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a great show. I am not a big board game or chess person, and my son is really into chess, and so when he always wants to play against me, oh god, (laughs) how am I losing to this six-year-old? Truly, but then I'm like, wow, this is a great exercise for your brain, Mm -hmm. and we also are very self-aware to know what our strengths strengths are, Mm -hmm. and we're good with words. Yeah, we play crosswords definitely. Connections, connections on your times is actually very hard. hard. Uh, I do spelling bee every day. Spelling bee. Ooh, oh wait, is this the honeycomb one? Yeah, yeah, the honeycomb oh, one on yes. New York Times. Yeah, no, it it, like that Wordle. one is, Wordle pays it is actually quite hard. I've gotten yeah. to like excellent one time. Wordle is good though. Still oh, good. I don't know why I haven't. I just Wordle has that it. immediate like oh shit yes. yeah you yeah. got it oh it only took me two tries yeah, yeah. anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> if you're gonna build a game for just Juliet and Leanne, yes. it's just New York Times just word games. Yeah. That's it. Okay, well that was super fun. I'm sad it's over again every time these shows I know. End. We really, I, these personalities, these people, uh, they're, yeah. they're going to have a special place in our hearts. We hope you guys have loved this show as much as we have. We hope you've loved our recaps. We are sad to see the show end, but excited to move on to the next. In the meantime, uh, as a formal goodbye to Love After Divorce, we will be talking to Jimmy O from the show. Stay Jimmy, tuned. Jimmy, Jimmy. Yeah, stay tuned for that. Today, we have a very special guest. We've got Jimmy O. He is one of the lucky ones from Love After Divorce, season four, to have matched with someone on the show, the beautiful, glorious Hejin. Uh, We're very lucky to have witnessed their journey together on the show, falling in love. He was always laser focused on her and her alone. He impressed her with his yoga skills, his cooking skills, and his nori skills. And and this is exciting because Jimmy actually listened to our podcast. So <laughs> despite all the crazy stuff that we've said about him, he still came on. Forgive us, Jimmy. It was all for entertainment. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm really excited to be here with Leanne and Juliet. Um, I figured this would be a good opportunity to um, you know say hello, uh, get to know you guys a little bit better and get to show you guys a little bit more about myself um, and meet some K-watchers. And and as all that you guys said about my, me and my friends, uh, I definitely understand that, you know, this pod needs to entertain some people. So any of your spicy hot takes, uh, we, we definitely understand that it was for entertainment. So it's all good. We appreciate the forgiveness. Um, you, for us, were the most mysterious cast member. And so we're excited to get you to get to know you a little bit more. Yeah, so let's start uh, from the very beginning. Why did you decide to go on the show? And I'm curious what you think the producers liked about you. Personally, I enjoy watching dating shows. Um, you know, Love of the Divorce, I watched season two and season three uh, thoroughly. Um, I watched Trends of Love a little bit. I watched I'm Solo, not in Solo, quite a bit. So I always wondered what it would be like to be on one of these shows. But, you know, I'll, I'll kind of stop there, to be honest. Like, I never really thought that I would actually go on one of these shows. But then uh, close friends of mine, you know, married couple that I'm pretty good friends with back in New York, um, they called me, you know, while they were watching season three of Love of the Divorce. And they said, hey, actually, um, there's a casting call or people, you know, suggesting people to apply since season four is going to be uh, centered around Korean Americans. And this married couple thought it was a great, great opportunity for me to sort of 
you know, apply and see what happens. You know, after watching season three again, you know, I kind of got confirmation again that this show is not some type of show that's trying to make people picture people in a bad light. So, you know, I, I thought this would be a good opportunity for me to, you know, um, sort of give it a, give it a go and see what happens. Why do you think the producers were drawn to you? Because we've we said this about you in the beginning, like you were very confident. You know, and we we say a little bit more crassly, but we we said you came in a little bit more very confident and like you knew what you were doing and you 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 were the one who had dated the most. What do you think the producers saw in you? I mean, so speaking to the producers, uh, the sense I got was that they were really looking for people that were genuine, um, genuinely interested in uh, using this opportunity to find somebody um, that they can you know fall in love with, rather than you know like trying to build their personal brand or anything like that. So throughout the, in the interview process, I really showed that I was really in it to sort of find love. You had married a Caucasian woman. Have you dated women of all, or were you looking for a, like your next big partner would be a Korean woman? I mean, just thinking about me personally, it probably doesn't matter as much whether, you know, my partner is Caucasian or Asian or, or even other race, but um, you know, since my family is in Korea and they don't speak English that well, um, and it's not a must, but it's a it's a plus if my partner can communicate with my parents fairly well. And, and I think that that cultural the the nuances show up a lot, even when Chizu is expressing her interest in you, and she talks about that later. And so for us, we as we were watching it, really at least maybe the editors made it seem like you were into Chizu at first. And then there was a little bit of a change of heart. So I, you know, we, we want to talk about your relationship with Heejin later, but curious initially what attracted you to Heejin? You know, I was, I was surprised actually at, at how, there, how little involvement the producers had while we're interacting in Cancun. But, but then I was also surprised why, while watching the show because they also painted the stories that they, they wanted by, you know, editing a certain way. So I, I think a little clip of me saying this was was aired, which is uh, I was happy to be going to the Mart with uh, Chizu and Hijin because those two were the people that I was interested in, you know. And, and there, was, on, there was on day one. We were asked on day one at night, uh, hey, who's your number one choice at this moment? And I said, right now it's hard to differentiate between these people because I just met them like five hours ago, but... As of now, I think I'm drawn to these two ladies, but they were like, you got to give me one person. You got to give us one person. And so off day one, I had way more interaction and conversations with, with Jisoo. And also at the Mart, um, Hijin was with Jerome and I was with just Jisoo when we were shopping for groceries. So she's a great person. You know, she's a good, good person. And so on day one, my pick was Jisoo, but they were about the same. I was interested in both of them on day one. But, but I think the show overplayed my interest in Jisoo and then down, downplayed my interest in Heejin for at least for the day one. So It's actually interesting because that shopping trip, Heejin seemed a little bit more interested in Jerome, but he forgot her name at dinner. <laughs> so like in an alternate universe, if Jerome remembered Heejin's name and they could have, you know, like it's so interesting to see like the sliding doors of what could have happened, you know. Yeah, well, thing is though, Jerome and I obviously we were we sorry, my dog's like growling. Um, we were we got along great as roommates, but also um, one of the factors. I mean, not only our personalities match really well, but also 
our sort of it's weird to call it choices, but like our preferences or who we were drawn to out of the cast members, mm. we were exactly the opposite. Like my one and two, like my, the two people that I was interested in were the people that Jerome was the least interested in. So we kind of like were a perfect match as roommates. So, I mean, I think even in the alternate universe, Hijin and Jerome probably didn't, but what was, you know, but who knows, who knows? We'll never know. We'll never know. Yeah. So you guys, so did you talk a lot as men behind the scenes about who you liked, who was my preference? Were you ever like marking territory like this woman, I want to have a chance with her, don't talk to her? So Jerome and I talked a lot. Uh, talked a lot about, well, you know, first days we talked a lot about who we were interested in, how it's going. Um, obviously, like I think the show showed a little bit of me talking to Jerome about my interest in Jisoo and Hijin, um, and how after one-on-one talks, I was leaning towards one one person much more than the other. And then also on day three when I was shaving and I mean... That was, they made you look so bad in the editing. But did you <laughs> feel like there was a miscommunication? The Stampins and where she, Jisoo came and asked you while you were shaving, hey, can we go on a one-on-one? And it kind of looked like you said yes. But then you were really like, Heejin, Heejin, stamp it. That's how they portrayed it on the show. Well, I mean, to be fair, I said yes. But I also knew, well, I can't say I knew. I was 90% confident or probably 95% confident it was not going to be one-on-one date on day three. But it still didn't feel good like saying yes. And then like, yeah. I was going to ask this other person. But yeah, it, was, I mean, it kind of all worked out at the end, I think, because we all went together. But I mean, I wish... I wish I had just gone and asked Hijin instead of shaving. <laughs> well, so then as you're watching, is there any part where you're like, well, that wasn't right? Or that like you feel you were portrayed unfairly? I think it's less about being on portrayed, being portrayed unfairly. It's more about leaving room for people to, you know, leaving it open for people to think however they want. Yeah. Like, for example, yeah. I think in the first episodes, they talked a lot about my eight relationships. Well, the the, um, the MCs really thought you were a playboy. They could they like couldn't believe. I felt like they were like, oh, you're such a playboy. So I, there was another thing, right? Like, so every time I was acting nice, I think they were <laughs> crediting my past relationships. That's the reason why. And yeah, like, but well, the thing is, I was nice to all the guys too, which they showed little of. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I, I'm an only child. And so I've, I think ever since I was a little, like I always wanted to be a good friend to my friends. I, I've always sort of been attentive, but it was funny how like all the panelists were like, oh, Jimmy, because he's had eight relationships. I think that's why he's like, that's why he knows how to hold the hot stuff for, the, for this girl. And I'm like, what? That's another thing. I, I, I mean, I don't know how, how much Yunnori you guys played in, you know, in, in, in past, but so, you know how, like, some people, like, kind of roll youths, like, instead of some, some people actually throw. And actually, you know how, like, beer pong, you, you, you got to have your elbow behind the table? I think, I think Yunnori, like, the general rule actually is you got to throw the sticks at least, at least over the elbow. Like, instead of, like, instead of, ro- instead of rolling, 
And, I, and a couple of people were just like rolling the utes. And I was like, guys, you got to throw it. So it wasn't like, I, so again, and, and, and I'm a competitive person. Like, so I was, honestly, I was slightly disappointed when, you know, when we did G to split the teams and Hijin and I were, you know, not on the same team. I was a little bit disappointed, but ever since then, it was about the game. I'm, I'm trying to win the game. So when, when, when Tom's whispering in Hijin's ear, it was not about jealousy. It was more about what is he saying? Like, I want to win. I want to win. Like, I'm not, I'm not looking at them, just trying to understand what, what, what they're trying to do. But I kind of kind of have an RBF. I'm just like looking at them, trying to understand what they're saying. But with editing, you know, like I look like I'm pissed or something. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was definitely more about my competitive nature rather than, I guess, being jealous. Um, also, actually thinking about it, um, remember the marriage compatibility test that we took? And uh, I think a lot of people thought that I was angry or like upset. I mean, you know, you, know, you were drinking out of that water bottle, like you wanted to crush it. So, so we weren't sure. What, I, I was, mean, you, made it, you kind of did make it clear. Well, so thirsty. I was extremely jet lagged. Um, uh, oh, jet lagged. I, yeah, oh. I, I told her, I told Hijin. I, so it's, a, it's definitely captured on camera. They just decided to not to show. Like, I'm like, hey, I know, I know you prepare this test and, I, and I'm, you know, trying to be a good sport and take this thing, but. I'm like extremely tired, about to fall asleep. So, I mean, like her answer surprised me a little bit, like about the marriage mm-hmm. stuff and all that stuff. So, um, but I was, I was not upset. You know, I'm trying. I understand that it's, it's been way, way like her divorce was way more recent than mine, and so I'm trying right. to understanding. It was so it was not me being upset. It was more I was trying hard to stay awake, but um, when. When you take out that part when I, when I say, hey, I'm sorry, I'm really, really tired, it just, you know, looks a little bit different. So <laughs> The producers don't want that in there. <laughs> so we should talk about you and Hijin. Congratulations. That is obviously a very big sigh of relief to have had that. Um, actually, one thing I'm curious about is when you were, when you guys were on the gondola, yeah. was there any part of you that thought that she was not going to that you guys were not going to leave together? Um, it's, it, I don't know. I can't quite explain why, but I think my, I think my brain was telling me that there was like 90% chance she was going to say yes. Um, I think from day four, I, I was like 90% certain we're going to match. Mm. But, but it's weird because the, the last day, day seven, um, they sort of split us. Like they disallowed us from they disallowed disallowed guys from interacting with the ladies all day long. The whole day leading up to that moment, for whatever reason, although my head was telling me that she was gonna say yes, for whatever reason I was getting nervous and um, you know, I thought that there was a chance that she wasn't gonna say yes. Especially when we we're going around the circle and she was making <laughs> she was yeah, making those comments about like, circle. Oh, it was a great time. Right. She and, really was he was making you sweat in there. Yeah, I hope, hope the you have a we love, good we love life that. and, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, what's going on here, you know? But, but it all worked out at the end, so. Are you guys, so what's the plan? Are you guys talking about what, who's going to go where? Where do you think you guys are going to end up? I mean, so if, I think if one of us had like a firm restriction on not being able to move, I think the other person would probably move for the other person, but at this moment, neither of us has that like strict restriction against you know moving somewhere. So we're 
I think at this moment we're still both open about you know moving for each other. Um, but what's more likely, to be honest, is because she has you know her entire family in Vancouver. Um, what's what's more likely is for me to move either to Vancouver or to West Coast of the U.S. because you know even even for a lot of remote jobs in the U.S. they still require you to sort of stay in the U.S. So. Um, mm. Yeah, we're not rushing to make that decision, but but at the same time, we're, we we want to make that decision within the, you know, within the next whatever six seven months. So by by yeah. by next summer, we kind of at least have a plan. You could you could stay with Hadim and then just drive up to Vancouver. <laughs> you could stay in her house. You could help put her kids to sleep and then. <laughs> well, I'm 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 great with kids, but I don't know about yeah. Three is going to be quite a quite a lot to uh, handle at the same time. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, the real reason we wanted you on this pod is because we must know what is Heejin's skincare routine. Sora also talked about how Heejin basically is somebody who glows from within, and we need to know what that glass skin uh, routine is. <laughs> um, Don't tell us she just washes her face and go to sleep. There's no way. We're, then we're all giving up, no, yeah. throwing away all our creams. Well, I mean, like, so we stay on FaceTime quite a bit, you know, most nights, and uh, she's. I think most times she, at night, after she's done with work and everything, um, she has something on her face. I don't know what it is. <laughs> so Like a like a mask. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Mask. So she, she does, she does, she does put in some effort to take care of her skin. Right. You know, she, she actually recently uh, started a YouTube channel. Uh, oh, she did? Yeah. So maybe she'll share her tips there. We'll see. Yes. We'll keep you guys posted. We. Yes, yes, yes. She has to show us the whole routine. All right, so speed round. Okay. Let's do a speed round. Okay, what city has the superior food, Vancouver or New York or Seoul? Well, you know, I don't have much experience in Vancouver, so uh, I'll have to say New York for the diversity, but Seoul for the quality price ratio. Um, for, for, the, for, the, sure. for the same price, I think Seoul offers much better quality food. And the soju bottles are much cheaper too. So. Yeah, yeah. And even the food court food. The food court food is always like, this is better than anything I get in America yeah. ever. It's not an RB sandwich. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioned a few times on the show that you're a big sports fan. Who? What's your favorite baseball team? Uh, Tampa Bay Rays. So that's where, uh, that's where I went to high school, the region. And um, I, actually oh. interned, I actually interned for Tampa Bay Rays when, when I was in college. Well, a long time ago now. But. What's your favorite restaurant in New York? Ooh. I usually go, so I'm not picky at all, um, which is which is why it works well with Asian too. Is I think neither of us is picky, but um, so I, I usually go wherever my friends want to go. But I think one restaurant that we go to most often is again I live in northern northern Jersey, just across the tunnel from the city. But um, there's a Shabu Shabu restaurant in Jersey that my friends and I go to a lot. It's it's called Shabu Row. I mean, it's just a casual casual your your casual neighborhood Shabu spot, but I was shocked to hear that the restaurant made it to like top 50 restaurants in the U.S. on Yelp. And then in terms of like Korean restaurants that I really liked um, that I tried over the past year or two, it's called Mari, New York City. Um, it's like a hand roll style sort of uh, mm. course. Yeah, course hand roll style uh, restaurant. That's that's Mo- pretty good. Multi-course of hand yeah, rolls? Yeah, multi-course hand rolls. Of yeah. Korean style yeah, yeah. hand rolls? 
Um, okay. We've been watching The Devil's Plan and recapping it. And so we talk a lot about like being stuck in prison. If you, other than Heejin, if you had to be stuck with one cast member from Love After Divorce to be stuck in prison with, who would it be? I'll go with Jerome. Oh, we should make him pick a woman. I should pick a woman? <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, man. Uh, Jerome's too easy. We would be, we would want yes, to stick with Jerome yes. too. <laughs> Out of women. We don't want to get you in trouble. Yeah. I mean, well, it's not because I'm romantically <laughs> interested in them, but if I were to pick one, maybe I'll, maybe I'll go with Benita, you know? Mm-hmm. She and I were she and I were like really good friends, and uh, mm. I think she she's got some tricks up her sleeves. So, like I don't know if you wanted to escape, I think she might she might be a good resource to oh, escape yeah. together with her. Yeah. And last one, if you could choose one last meal, what would it be? Ooh, yeah. Again, I'm not a picky food foodie, but. Um, mm. You won't sort of pick human meat. So from there, I don't know what else you could say. Maybe I'll do samgyeopsal. Maybe I'll do pork belly. Is Heejin a good cook? Soul food. Um, yeah, she's a decent cook. Uh, in Cancun, I think Sora and Benita sort of took charge. So I, I think I think Harim took a lot of blame in the first episode, but I think that was sort of because Sora and Benita were like obviously very good. Um, so I think we just kind of let them shine. Yeah. Yeah. No, we say Hadim was just too busy trolling the kitchen <laughs> for for flirts. Uh, but yeah, no, 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 making yeah, Sora make all I think, the I think, yeah, I think she wanted to. It was kind of obvious, like even from. Well, it's also, you know how I don't know, like they sort of kicked us out from the kitchen because we had just gone to the mart. Um, I mean, we mm, that's we'd right. help them. We'd help them a little bit. Well, I'd have helped Sora with all those seven fillets, but uh, we, were, we were kicked <laughs> out of the kitchen. So. <laughs> That was 10 too many for one person yeah, to be cooking. Yeah. Well, that was fun. Thank you. Thanks for your time, Jimmy. We'll, um, we'll definitely add your socials and Heejin's YouTube channel so you can shout that out in our show notes. But anything else you want to share before no. we close this out? No, I mean, you know, it's, it's just been a humbling and great experience for sure. Um, uh, obviously, very, very grateful that I met Heejin. And, uh, you know, also... I think Sora told you guys, I think, uh, that we didn't know we were going to be on Netflix when we were in Cancun. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I had no idea. I didn't uh, know that. Actually, so we were told during the cohab filming about that. That you guys got bought by Netflix? Yeah, or that our rights were going to be yeah, shared with Netflix. So so in Cancun, we had no idea um, that we were going to be on Netflix. So it's very uh, interesting I'm thankful, but it's very interesting that, you know, I'm getting DMs from people from Brazil, you know, France, Japan. From the K-Watch party. K-Watch party uh, around the globe. I mean, we're, I think all, all 10 of us are really thankful for all the support. And, you know, some people are saying that our stories sort of, you know, given them out of the hope because they are also fellow um, and they have the same experience of having gone through divorce. So if, if our stories for some, you know, somehow give anybody hope or, you know, desire to try again. I mean, that's great. So, you know, we wish everybody a lot of happiness and you know, success. And my blood type is A, by the way. I think you guys, I think Julia's blood type is A. Julia, I think Julia said it, she guessed B, I think. But that's I thought, were, oh, yeah, that's right. I thought you were a B. Because that was after that, um, where you're drinking all the water <laughs> and getting, you know, kind of testy. 
Well, Ooh. I'm a B, so you don't have to feel offended that I said well, that. Well, what is an A again, Juliet? A is the sensitive one. The one oh. who's like, yeah. I also, right? yeah. Jimmy, yeah. yeah but you tell me. What, what is an A? <laughs> I, I don't like the stereotype against type A, though, because it's like, it's like right, type they A, don't forgive. Right. They always remember the bad things you might have said to them in the past, which is not true. Well, I'm sorry, yeah. Jimmy. It wasn't. <laughs> no, 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 no. no I, didn't, I didn't take the offense by it. I just, it's just. Uh... But you know, you know, in Korean culture, the bee, men who are bees have a really negative reputation. Yeah. But I mean, it's, you know, stereotypes are stereotypes. So it's all good. I also enjoy watching Devil's Plans. So I'll, you know, I'll continue to tune in. <gasps> Did you finish? No, I'm, I'm in the earlier episodes. But the game that they played on, they won, I think, you know, the, the super upgraded mafia, mafia. game. That, yeah. that seems really fun. It's just. I don't know if it's going to be easy to facilitate because somebody has to watch everybody's action at all times. So, but um, yeah, no, it was so it, it only gets better, and we're not. I mean, uh, I we just we finished just the last finished two. It. Yeah. it is so good. Uh, yeah, so I have to. I have to go back to it. Who's your prediction for the last final for the finalists? Oh, again, I only watched the first couple, so it's it's hard. I have a feeling that he might not go far, but I, I like the actor guy. What's his name? Mm, yeah, Hasukjin. Yeah, I like him. Awesome. Okay. Thank you okay. so much, Jimmy. Say hi to Heejin for us. And uh, we will hopefully talk to you soon. But good luck to everything. Good luck on everything. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye. Thank you again so much to Jimmy. We loved talking to you and getting to know you. We are taking a break for Thanksgiving. Everyone have a great holiday. We will be back in December with Singles Inferno. And who knows what else? We could be coming back. Actually, I do have one recommendation during the holidays if you guys need something to watch during Thanksgiving. I just watched a documentary called The Longest Third Date. Okay. Is it Korean? No, it's an American documentary. It's about a couple who ended up in Costa Rica during the pandemic and they were on their third date. It was quite entertaining. Mm -hmm. It's an Asian girl uh, and a white man, but... I had read their story, I think. Oh, you did? Yeah. yeah, they talk about how it the story went out into the news. And so it it was fun if you're looking for something to watch. Um, and if you have any recommendations for us, yeah, hit us up. Yeah, we'll check it out. Okay, uh, everyone have a great holiday. We'll talk to you later in December. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. If you like this podcast, or if you're one of the six friends we expect to have listened, please subscribe, rate, and review us.